What it is, what is up, what is good gamers? This is Shonuff71, a.k.a. Digga Dulamite. That meant that love for your peoples. And <laughs> 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 your auditory canals are tuned into episode 202 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. As usual, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime. First on deck, we got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res hater, a.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. that gamer stepdaddy. What's going on? Hey, not much. Just uh, happy to be here with all of you. As always, you find fine, cool people. Thank you so much for, for, for showing up for the Midnight Love Podcast. <laughs> I mean, I mean the gaming vessel podcast. Sir. And of course, our show is a no go without Trader Joe, aka Jabroni Chief, and the Midnight yeah, Lover. Yeah, 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 Midnight Lover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Otherwise known as the Food Max of gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar? What up? Not much, man. Uh, just uh, kind of hunkering down here. Uh, I, I usually do a thing at, for work on Sundays. I usually sign on and like maybe on the system for like 45 minutes at the at the most, maybe an hour. It took me three hours today. So, oh yeah, lord! Yeah, my day is just like whatever. See, they're calling me right now. They're gonna call call me on on the uh, on the grift over here. Excuse for, me, uh, Joe. Um, we need you to work more. <laughs> <laughs> no, everything's good. How'd your trip to uh, WonderCon go, Des? Uh, it was really good. Um, sorry, yeah, we weren't, we didn't have a show. Um, uh, we had a kind of, a, I was on vacation, vacay, when you know, to WonderCon, saw a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, I usually go to at least one convention uh, a year uh, for comic books. Usually it's Comic Con, but. I've gone to Comic-Con for many years and just feel like it's for me, it feels like it's kind of it's kind of had it to do for me. So I really want to try other cons. And and so I went I've been to WonderCon before. It was down in Anaheim. So it was a good way to go and see family in the L.A. area, then in the Fresno area. So so, yeah, I was gone for about five days. Um, while I was there, you know, got to get some original artwork by some of the artists that I like. Uh, one specifically was Daniel Warren Johnson. He's a really cool, uh, guy, huge wrestling fan. And, um, you know, just has a really kinetic style that I, that I really, really enjoy. And some of his stuff is like Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, which is a, which is a, um, an, uh, old man, like Logan, but old man, Wonder Woman tale, you know, where she, uses superman's skull and spine as a mace to take on uh evil amazons it's a really interesting story and a plague so yeah it's pretty crazy so um and yeah he's done a murder falcon which is uh which is a metal uh it's about a metal band and their their um connection to this other universe that is powered by rock music and he has an avatar, sort of like a stand, 
called uh, Murder Falcon that comes out and he, they fight monsters from this other dimension. So it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, if you're a comic book fan, check him out. Daniel Warren Johnson. So, yeah. Um, what else? Uh, got some Ultraman stuff. That was always cool. I'm a huge Ultraman fan. Got to pick up some Ultraman figures, you know, that I really like from figure arts. So, yeah, it's really good. Um, so I'm probably going to start writing again. That was good. I do. I used to write comic books um, a while ago. So got tapped in to possibly be a part of a couple anthologies. More information coming on that later if it all if it all works out. So it was a really good it was a really good con. It really um really reignited my uh my love of comics and and just my love of of that culture and going to cons and all that other stuff so the next con on the docket is uh new york city con so uh or new york city comic con so that's in october so that should be a lot of fun um to go to i've never been to a comic book store comic book show on the on the uh east coast the furthest one i've been to was chicago so um but uh yeah i'm looking forward to it looking forward to it so yeah Awesome. That's cool. That's cool. So, <clears throat> uh, wasn't there another one that you go to? Didn't uh, another Comic Con place that you used to go to a lot? Dragon uh, Con or something? No, I've never been or, to uh, Dragon Con or any of the other uh, ones. Uh, the only other ones that I go to that are not comic specific is like PAX. I've done that a couple times with Joe, and that's not comic book specific, but it's uh video games but you all know what pax is so so we all so joe and i've gone to that so but um i thought dragon con was comic specific uh oh no it is it is it's it's, oh, it's okay. got a lot of cosplay uh, on it as well but i've never been there uh, it's another one that i really want to go to as well but again um, in atlanta i think right yeah it's in atlanta so and i've been to atlanta a couple times for work so i kind of know my way around there so i would love to i would love to go um there for that as well so it's just you know I got to take time, you know, because I'm still working on the house. Uh, we had a storm and part of our roof flew off. So we're, <laughs> we're yeah, we're in the process of fixing that. So, so, mm. you know, still want to, you know, measure being an adult with, you know, going and, you know, having <laughs> fun. So, yeah, so that's I what I'm you. doing. So. I hear you. All right, folks. Well, our, as always, our first topic on our docket is going to be the playlist. All right, let's start with Jabroni Chief. What you been playing? Uh, for the most part, it's been a lot of Monster Hunter Rise still. Um, I think what me and you, we were trying not this past weekend, but the weekend prior, uh, beating the twin uh, dragons on there, Narwa, and I forgot the other <laughs> name of the other one, if need yeah. be, the two elder dragons. Yeah, how'd that go? um we i don't know i kind of joined kevin we were doing it like kind of late so we're like doing this at like 1 a.m going on to 2 a.m and uh i I wasn't falling asleep or anything but i was a little lively in in, you know had enough caffeine in my blood (laughs) make me kind of do my thing but uh at the last run it was like i'm the i was the one that kind of ate shit basically and i just said no i'm good i'm good bro it's two o'clock i'm going to bed <laughs> kind of thing, you know so just i had enough so i know yeah. that uh 
you know, when John BT met with us, uh, we're looking to try to get us over the hump necessarily. So, you know, I appreciate his, uh, you know, assistance, you know, in our hunts on Thursdays, I wish uh, more of you guys out there would play monster Hunter rise, but it's a totally cool. I just want you to maybe like love and understand the, the kind of love we have for the game if need be on there. But, uh, yeah, I did go ahead and after our failed attempt during this past week, uh, when I had, and I just, uh, barreled down and did it on, I think on a Tuesday, uh, kind of pushed through with some randos on there. So, uh, just cause you know, the randos we were playing with me and Kevin, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, they would die. Then we would die once. It wasn't anyone just like flopping necessarily. It was just the mixture of just, you know, fighting it could be off a hard the, game. Yeah, because, you know, Narwa's is pretty easy, but the Ibushi at the end is the one that's rough. Or the, I might be getting those two mixed up. Is the Ibushi the one you fight at the beginning, Kev? I thought it was Narwa that you fight in the beginning, the yellow one, and the other yeah. one. I think Ibushi is the blue one, I think. Yeah, I'm the blue sure. one. Yeah, 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 that's, that's correct. Mm-hmm. Really, what I found, because uh, I, I wrapped it up that night, I jumped in with a bunch of randos and everybody had short bow guns. So they stayed away. Yeah. And so it made quick work. They, you know, we were able to make quick work of it. I was the only one that was up in the face, slashing at it, but all the, everybody else was just shooting at it. (laughs) I mean, if that works. (laughs) Damn. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone just shoot at it, and you're all like, "Hey!" <laughs> but it worked. I mean, uh, yeah. I don't think none of, none of us carded, so there you go. Uh, we were able to get it done, and, and really, that's in my opinion, it's a great. way. It keeps the the Ibushi more mobile because if it gets stuck in the corner, it's just doing all those area of attack spells. And because everybody else was spread out shooting at it, it spent more time chasing down whoever was doing the most damage from range. So even though I had to chase after it a lot, I was able to spend more time uh, getting hits in without really worrying about attacks coming my way because they were more frequent coming at range. So it was running all over the place trying to kill them. Uh, so it kind of worked out best that way with that group that I was running with that night. Cool. Yeah, but uh, you know, I, I kind of powered through. Um, I'm just trying to find the, you know, basically what I want to do with the game until some break comes out. Um, I know John helped us uh, do a rampage to fight in Apex Rathalos. I was looking to get a decoration for uh, my armor set i've been going to a particular website um been using game8.co on here seemed like they're pretty decent with their walkthroughs and whatnot but you know the the one that i sent you or is a different one no it's the same one you sent me okay i wasn't sure because i I knew you go to a a bunch of different ones so i wasn't sure yeah always the og master for (laughs) monster hunter like you know knowledge and whatnot and there's like a couple of you know um social media accounts i follow too one Mm -hmm. on twitter of course, Gaijin Hunter is always a good, good like kind of resource for that. But mm-hmm. you know, if you listen to his podcast, he's mainly playing like Final Fantasy 14 right now. He's not really playing Monster Hunter all that much. So, 
on there. But uh, um, yeah, I, I wound up I, last night. I thought the Apex Rathalos again with a bunch of randos. And uh, I was looking to get a, another decoration, the same type I was looking for on Thursday. I was looking to get a critical um, decoration on here for this particular set i'm building it seems like you know the set one i have i have the armor fully leveled now and with the um tigrex uh great sword i've mainly been rocking the great sword it just hits freaking hard on here and it hits so hard because of the fact that it just has all the buffs you would ever would want it I'm taking a look at it right now um it's going to be like my build up until level uh, 100 because it has like level seven critical eye uh level three critical boost and then weakness exploits at level three at high max so and then stun resistance is on there as well at, at the top level so so it's just kind of crazy the amount of damage i was getting some hits last night you know 600 700 and and, uh with a charge shot one sword swing so and i find it that even though i have other swords that have elemental damage that seems like that raw damage from the tigrex great sword just seems like it's like i don't need to be sitting there and farming you know a great sword of every uh, you know um element element yeah you don't yeah raw damage is awesome because you're only hitting once so i can i can understand if you had a faster weapon because faster weapons utilize um elemental attacks a lot a lot more than one one and done kind of weapons um because it's all about how many times you hit so if you're going to only want to hit once you want to make that hit as hard as possible so yeah one thing I do miss because I was rocking the Nargakuga Great Sword, the Dark of Night, is that it does have like a level three weakness exploit on here. Mm-hmm. So I do need to see if I could get a talisman that has weakness yeah. exploit. That way I could go ahead and add that to the mix as well. So yeah, get um, that yeah. and um, get that or or uh, yeah, gym it up. You know, gym it up. Yeah. So yeah, that's pretty much that's kind of high level Monster Hunter Rise gameplay in a nutshell. For the most part, you know, and I was doing like, cause you know, no one was online last night. I know Kev, I think you were online, but I don't know what you were up to. Cause you're probably watching TV or something. So yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, Damon stopped by and we were just watching. Well, first we watched that Batman movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, right on. And cause I had never seen it and uh, oh, it's we watched what? a little, the Batman. Oh, the okay. The, the, the Robert uh, Pattinson one. Yeah. Yeah. The new one. And uh, so we watched that, and we, were, we watched uh, some anime on Crunchyroll. Right on. Ooh. Yeah. So I, I actually was joining in a bunch of randos games. So, you know, I, usually I had the randos join me. I pick a quest, and I just open it up for people to join me. But I was just going in and say, okay, screw this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to eat, and I am going to just select a random high-rank quest and, you know, just went in and helped other people instead. So. Oh, look at you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm up to Hunter rank 88 now, so mm-hmm. kind of just, pushing. You are pushing. Just loving it. It's good. Yeah. Well, it's a good time. You know, I, I'd rather spend some time and play that than to go and skis over buying new games that I'm not going to play anyway. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also, during this past two weeks, um, I did happen to fire up and play the Diablo 4 demo a little bit more substantial. I got my Barbarian up to, like, level 12. 
and the game is good the game is good on here so i was trying to figure out first because you know you're not able to uh per se okay i want to equip like um different different couple weapons and switch back and forth it's basically it's it doesn't your your weapons don't matter it just depends on the slots that you put them in so you could put like a uh, uh like a if you have like a two-handed like axe or something in one slot and then if you have like uh, uh like a just a sword or something like that you could actually just switch back and forth between your uh, button presses as far as switching back and forth between your weapons that you have so so i felt like that was kind of a kind of a unique thing i didn't have to per se equip and unequip a um, particular weapon and they're all equipped at the same time so you know so you, obviously you can't equip everything but you know you have one Darn. weapon equipped like a two-handed like axe you know kind of thing and one where it's uh dual swords or you know something of the the like on there so so when i play it it's it seems like it's it's cool uh, i like kind of like the tone it's a little bit darker than diablo 3 a bit you know diablo 3 could have gotten a little dark here and there but it's more of a cartoony type dark <laughs> so yeah. so you know i think it's worthy of uh you know playing at launch and i'll see you you know where i'll play it at depending on there so also what happened in these last two weeks is that the um eShop closed down for both the 3ds and also the wii u and so i've been meaning for months to go in there and pick up some of the games i've been wanting to like grab off of there before they become unavailable on there including some dlc and so of course i waited until the last freaking day so last sunday when we usually record i was sitting there um you know i fired up my wii u i uh, I was scrambling trying to find my proper cable so i could hook up my hard drive because you have to have a like a double y um usb cord because it's the um there's not enough power going to a uh, hard drive uh, from the wii u actually have to have to utilize two usb ports on that system for that so but actually luckily found the hard drive i already had some um full you know digital games installed like uh, wind waker i had on this particular hard drive uh pikmin 3 stuff i've purchased digitally on the wii u on here so but i then went and uh kind of put in some cash on my nintendo account and went most of the stuff some of the stuff was on sale like some there was a couple like the last two phoenix Wright games that came out for 3ds and they have not been ported to anything else was on sale for like three dollars each on there i made it a point to to download the uh, monster hunter 3 ultimate save transfer application on the 3ds and that gives you the ability to be able to move your save back and forth between um, the wii u and the 3ds version of monster hunter 3 ultimate and for shits and giggles, I did actually go ahead and I transferred my save back from the 3DS onto the Wii U. And I actually played Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate for a minute. So, uh, what I could say just playing that versus playing Rise is I kept uh, looking for my wire bug button uh, mm. when I was playing. And then I That's just funny. noticed that the the frames and just the way it looked i thought it was lush when i played it like 10 years ago i'm playing it now and it kind of it's kind of janky it's kind of like of course it is (laughs) you can never go back buddy i know 
as much as I, I say, oh, I'm, I'm going to go swimming again. Yeah, no, I'm not going swimming. So, so. Mm-hmm. in fact, I went on a mission and uh, one of the quirks with Monster in the past is that um, you didn't start at camp. You started like in the middle of the map. And so when you start in the middle of the map, because you got to find the camp. Yeah, you got to find the camp and you got to find the map. So, because, <laughs> you know, one of the things you picked up from the box at the beginning of the mission was your actual map of the um, the actual world that you're in, map that you're in. So, otherwise, you didn't, you didn't have access to the full map on there. So, just another quirk on there. But uh, I did have my, like, uh, Switch Axe. I think I was rocking the Switch Axe for Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. So, but... Uh, you know, good times to go back to that. But I do tend on, you know, firing up my Wii U, firing up my 3DS. I was playing Fire Emblem Awakening. The reason why I was playing Fire Emblem Awakening was that you have to actually get the Chapter 4 in the game before you're able to buy the DLC. So it's like, okay, oh, God, you're going to make me buy this game for it, buy additional downloadable content for it. So so I kind of pushed through. I was playing on Saturday, and I thought the deadline was Saturday at 5, but it wound up being Sunday, and so I pushed through, and uh, actually the deadline was on Monday, but uh, I thought I missed the deadline because the shop went down for maintenance on Sunday, like around like 11 or 12. I thought they cut the cord early on there, but uh, I, I conti- I've continued to play my, uh, Fire Emblem Awakening uh, a bit, so and I'm gra- glad I grabbed the DLC. I mean, Technically, what I could have done and what I'm probably still going to do is still hack. I actually have another three, a new 3DS XL that I bought, um, a Japanese one, and I'm intending on basically um, modding it so I'm able to go ahead and you know take advantage of it and be able to play my US games on there. And so, but uh, the thing about it is, is that, you know, the community out there at large has already went ahead and uh, basically backed up a lot of the software that is no longer available on the eShop now on there, both on the, you know, obviously the 3DS and also for the Wii U. So on there, and it's just kind of crazy to think that, you know, you know, Nintendo's not curating this stuff that, you know, basically the people curating these, you know, what would be forgotten games are going to be pirates. So, you know, piracy you know, does have its place in the gaming world, you know. So. Or we'll get remasters. Or we'll get remasters, yeah. Uh, one game on the Wii U I really want to play and I've been meaning to play. It's just been on my back burner is uh, Xenoblade Chronicles X. So mm. I've never played it. I think I played it, like, right at the beginning. That's about it, but... I made sure that, you know, every Wii U physical game I own got patched. I had a couple Wii U games that were sealed still, so (laughs) I kind of left them sealed because obviously if I hadn't opened them now, well, what's the sense in opening them now, (laughs) you know, from there? I think I had a sealed, like, Lego Batman 3 I bought on clearance, and then a, um, God, was the other game I had that was still sealed? Oh, a clearance copy of Wonderful 101 was not so wonderful, so... Hmm. (laughs) on there but um also another game on the 3ds i was playing a bit was cold sip revolt which is another game that basically made you go into the game and play it before you're able to buy the dlc and guess what i did not make it so <laughs> mm. yeah uh that game is crazy because it's like um it's a if you ever want to combine like magic the gathering and monopoly that's basically what the game is you basically roll I think I played on, that. On, 
Yeah, it's it's been on the multiple different systems, but 3DS is the latest version of that game, and it's it's surprisingly deep, and there was a lot of DLC for it too. It was a little, some of it paid, some of it free. You know, obviously, I just wanted to at least grab the free stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, that might be something I throw on my other uh, 3DS once I g- get the. Uh, modifications done and whatnot and uh i, I try i tried i would i would have paid nis america some money i would have downloaded their free dlc but you know i didn't have the opportunity to so and would you guys consider nintendo as being as fault or you know they gotta cut the cord sometime kind of situation what's what's your guys's take on it i think nintendo's doing it because because they want to release better higher quality uh content with more money for yeah. more money that's what i think that's happened you know plus nintendo's all about the future and making stuff kind of fun you know and for the future now so that's probably what they're doing you know so i'm i'm not surprised that that it it's gone i'm surprised that it took so long for it for, for them to do it but but if you're seeing you know um uh, Etrian Odyssey coming out as a collection. You're gonna see those other games, uh, any of those first party or or really popular third party games that were on those systems. You're probably gonna see a a slight uh, digital upgrade and then a re-release of those games. That way you can buy them again, and then most likely they will show up on and then they will show up again on uh, the Switch, the Switch shop. You know, because think about it, those they're just sitting on their on their service, usually for 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 cheaper when you can just throw them on a new service, you know, that way there's no competition. You don't want to compete with yourself, you know, when, yeah. when, when you can just stop it and then bring it all back, you know, for for a little bit more money, you know, especially if they're not making any money on the on on the shop. And at least this way, you can kind of bolster up your your service by saying, "Hey, remember that you, 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 that that you know game you thought was lost to the ether? No, you pay us you know five bucks a month or however much you can play it whenever you want." And you one know. thing I did stay away from is buying any virtual console stuff because really and truly, I mean, you're talking about another system on a dead now quote unquote dead system. It's like yep. okay, you might as well emulate the game and play mm-hmm. it on some platform like a Steam Deck or a PC or something. One hundred percent agree. Yeah, it's like I know that you know, whoever owns the rights to these games might be getting paid, but I think it's up to them to throw these games onto valid storefronts if they really want to get paid. Uh, yeah, I agree, but but again, that's probably what's going to happen. You know, they're gonna they're gonna do that. I mean, Easy Money says that's what they're gonna do because you know it's probably you know easier to do that. Yeah. All right, um, and then one last thing too. In these last two weeks, I have actually fired up my Xbox Series X on here, and what? I, bought, I bought the Division One. So Division One was a game that I played on PlayStation Four and only beat the main campaign, but did not attack any of the downloadable content. So they had a Division One available on the um, Xbox store for like i think 11 bucks and they have all the like cosmetics because i guess ubisoft for whatever reason they cut their uh little store thing where you had to like you know play a certain amount to get points to get additional items they're just giving you everything so 
And the thing about that game, that game runs better on the place on the Xbox Series X. It runs at 60 frames versus 30 frames on the PlayStation. And so I kind of got stirred talking about playing something on the Xbox, at least, you know, just like Kevin's Sonic Frontiers, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I want to kind of give this uh, give the system a shake again on here mm-hmm. and uh Pretty much, uh, I, I enjoyed. I played about mm, about two hours of Division One, uh, enough to where I got to Manhattan and opened that up at least at the beginning of the game, on there. And um, you know, it's really it looks really nice. HDR is really popping with it. Um, 60 frames is looking pretty good. So, you know, I played a, a ton of Division One, mainly Division Two. I mean, I look at my hours on Division Two, and it's like in the hundreds of hours. So I'm very uh, I think that game uh, kind of spoke to me a bit, you know. And we we all played it here, at least me and <laughs> me and Des. I know Kev, mm-hmm. you bounced off of Division, but uh, speaking yeah. about yeah. speaking of hours played, uh, I peeped uh, Joe's hours played of Monster Hunter Tri or Three, over 800 hours um, in that game. I was like, damn, I I am scared to go back and look at mine. But anyway, I just wanted to thought we're talking about hours, and I thought. That was crazy because I'm probably right up there uh, with you. So it was just kind of crazy, you know, just what games oh, I yeah. grabbed. You, you know? Yeah, because you just Desmond yeah. stopped by on his way back from uh, WonderCon. So, you know, he showed me what by. he put on and I was just looking at it and I'm like, wow, because it's it don't look the same. Like, it does not look the same. So I, was I like, know <laughs> I only can imagine like your reaction, Kev, if you saw like, you know, Ooh. old ass Monster Hunters. <laughs> Oof. It was that, rough. Uh, it looked rough. Yeah. Rough. You put yeah, on like just, mo- Monster Hunter One Ooh. on PS2, and that that's like the roughest. That's like Ooh. you know, sandpaper up your hiney. Yeah, so. it was rough. It was rough looking at it. You know, so, can't go back. Cannot go back. So yeah. So speaking of uh, Xbox. Oh well, yeah, know. speaking of going back, yeah. Yeah, speaking no, of I... Xbox, I get a I get a text and he's like he says uh Xbox Live is back. Xbox and I just Game Pass like, Ultimate is yeah. back in your domain, yes. And I was like <laughs> <laughs> And I just sent him this like really <laughs> and he was like yeah, I had to get a, I had, I got a good deal on it, and I was like, all right, yeah, hey, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I, it's, it's, I was like, it's back on the menu, boys. Mm. <laughs> did you actually fire it up and see if it was? Hell no. <laughs> okay, no. I did. Do you, I did. Y'all, y'all just giving Microsoft money. No, Joe's giving Microsoft your money. I'm just eating off the scraps. <laughs> so, and I'm good with it. I am, I am good with it. Thank you, Joe. Uh, I well, you it. know. I think the handwriting's on the wall. Game Pass is definitely going to get a price increase sooner. Oh, it has later. to. They took the dollar deal off the store, uh, I think, in the past two weeks. So, so, and I, I'm just gonna lay my cards on the table. Uh, there's a loophole with Xbox um, game purchasing. Basically, is that uh, same thing? Kind of like Steam is going through a bit. Uh, you are able to go on different storefronts and pick up uh, Xbox Live for a cheaper price and then convert it over to Game Pass Ultimate on there. So the dollar deal is done, but uh, 
I flew to the lands of Istanbul, Turkey, to purchase some Xbox Live year um, <laughs> uh, memberships on here. I purchased three uh, one-year memberships for the uh, grand price of $33 each. <laughs> and so I picked that up and then also went ahead and went on cdkeys.com and picked up a $4 one-month um subscription over to game pass ultimate to convert my three years of xbox live gold to a game pass ultimate so ultimately it cost me all together 104 dollars for three years i think between starfield hi-fi rush and whatever games i might have picked up on like say steam or something eh, probably gonna pay for itself we'll see if i actually utilize it or not on there it's but, good that's good now now if we don't starve to death it'll be worth it so (laughs) well you know i hate to say it but you know looking at my series x dashboard without the said game pass subscription uh, game pass ultimate in fact that is kind of bare bones over there oh yeah it's like you know it's like you know because it's not my primary platform i don't play multi-plats there so it's like other people that's 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 where they play their multi-plats you know I don't play my multi-plats there because, you know, dual, you know, dual sense uh, controller features on the PlayStation. I just prefer PlayStation. I have a preference, but I have no, nothing to say if a good game comes on the Xbox side of the fence to play the game there. You know, I've got no problem checking out what's going on there. And I think there's probably, I think all three of you... Uh, all two, you and me could agree that $105 for three years of Game Pass is not that bad of a deal. So, only if you're going to use it. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm sorry. When I look at the Game Pass, and I'm going to turn this into a Game Pass Game Pass bash session. But when I look at the when I look at those tiles, I just see games that I either don't want to play or I've already played elsewhere. Yeah. And until that changes. I just even on a good deal, I, you can give me give me five years for five bucks. I I'm just not going to use it, you know. That that's how that's how I look at it. And until that recipe changes, I just have no need to subscribe. And I would feel the same way about uh, the uh, PlayStation if they were doing the the same if they were doing the same thing just giving me a whole bunch of stuff that i've already played or have played on other platforms already and, you know it doesn't yeah. matter which it's just i i find the difference between game pass and playstation plus for me is that every month when that uh playstation plus extra comes out i see a game that i either intended to get around to or buying or saw it and forgot about it completely and just forgot it existed and it pops up on the service and it's like oh well let me go ahead and grab that i forgot about that game oh i got distracted by something else let me go ahead and grab it i don't have that with game pass nope yeah and you know that's that's where i'll just leave it leave it right there it's you know i'm not i'm not really into the service thing to begin with but that is that to me is the the biggest 
different differentiation or difference. I don't even know if differentiation is a is a word, <laughs> but oh, my, my, uh, <laughs> that's what that's what I see when I look at both at those two services and what they have to offer. Yeah, and I, I agree the same thing. There's some games that drop every month on PlayStation Plus Extra. Premium's kind of trash. I wish they would hype up with more of retro games, that kind of thing. I do enjoy the stuff they add month to month, but I, I kind of view Xbox Game Pass Ultimate like playing, like I just picked up some like red chips or at the casino and I, I put it on the red line on the on the roulette table, basically, so... And so if it pays off, it pays off. It'd be great if not. I mean, yeah. yeah. I'm just happy I'm able to play um um whatchamacallit? The uh Grounded? Starfield. Starfield and uh Avowed and all the all the those those systems. So I'm very happy. Thank you, Joe. Mm-hmm. So. Of course. And of course our, our wonderful listeners that do game on game pass that they want us to join. They find a game, you know, something that's not State of Decay, mm-hmm. <laughs> Sea of Thieves, or Grounded. I think those are the three trifecta service games, just like Gears, Forza, and Halo was mm-hmm. for the uh, regular mainline <laughs> games for Xbox. It's just <laughs> birds of a feather flock together. I know State of Decay 3 is on its way, so yay. <laughs> yay. I mean, yay. whatever. Mm-hmm. What you been playing, Des? Uh, the only thing that I've been playing really is uh, Monster Hunter with you guys trailing along. Um, enjoying it uh, as ever. I I've made it my mission to beat the twin or the 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 dragons and get the true ending. And then I'm probably gonna put it down for a while and uh, play something else. And then uh, wait until Sunbreak comes out, and then I'll play the Sunbreak content, and that should get me till the announcement of uh, World Two, which is probably going to be sometime this summer. Uh, mark my words, and then we'll see it by the end of the year. I bet you. Mark my words. We can do a we can do a Monster Hunter Monster Hunter steak bet if you want. Monster Hunter popo bet if you want. You know, popo meat bet, popo steak bet. So that's that's my that's what I'm thinking is going to happen. So. You do a Monster uh, Hunter, um, um, what? God, Ibachi bet. You know, Ibachi bet. Yeah, take you to some Korean, Korean food, cook it ourselves. Uh, on, no. the, on the teppanyaki, um, teppanyaki, teppanyaki bet. Okay. Um, I, I, I am guessing, and this is my guess, and you could take this to the bank. That um, the twenty twenty. What uh, the twentieth anniversary of Monster Hunter is going to pass in March of next year, and we talked about it on the show a few episodes ago. So I think at that point in time there'll be an announcement, and it will come out in the fall of twenty twenty four. So okay, I think they're gonna, I think they're gonna preemptive it, preemptive, preempt it by having it come out this year, and then they're gonna have a celebration uh, next year when they, it- when they. When they when they add more content to it for the 20th anniversary, yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. Personally, I think that's what's going to happen. Honestly, is that because a bet? is that a bet? Sign on. Let's do it. Bet. Let's do it. Bet, 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 bet. All right. So you hear it here on episode 202. I have for me to win. Capcom has to announce uh, and release uh, World Two in 2023 if it does not if it is not released 
In 2023, I have lost, and I will take Joe out for Teppanyaki. If I win, though, Joe will take me out for Teppanyaki. So this is a a Teppanyaki bet. Why don't we make it even saltier here? Um, We'll include include the the purchase of said game. Oh, see, why you... Why? I'll just get it on. I'll just get it on through through Games Pass. <laughs> through Game Pass. Okay, we'll keep it to Teppanyaki. Come on. <laughs> you really want no? Because you be coming out with like you know. Well, I want the the super deluxe delish edition and blah blah blah. And I want I want it with the with the with the console and the and and the plushie and and all this other bullshit. And I'm like, no, like we can't. We we ain't going that far, buddy. You know. Because you'd be all talking about, I need a steel book. <laughs> you know, dinner will be enough. All right. Because, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't it, know. You like, know, I, it's going to be good teppanyaki, not no no uh, teppanyaki table in the back or something. So. You know what? You get to, I get to pick. So we might be, <laughs> we might be barbecuing at Kev's house and he's flipping, <laughs> flipping burgers. On the grill, Nacho Teppanyaki. We didn't ever specify it was in a restaurant. You know. Oh gosh. So, so I can so, be I can be the designated instigator then for this bet. <laughs> I'll play I'll play the role of Des of Des in this one. There you go. Well, how's your how's your bet going? Like your bet's still going. Like is that is that how is that almost over? Uh, it'll be over. over. Yeah, it'll be over in what? Another month? Uh, yeah, because I, I need to eat. Like, I need to eat, Joe. So, <laughs> I'm hungry. I am consulting the Discord right here. Three years Game from Pass the release date enough. of PlayStation 5, which is November 12, 2020. If Sony releases any first party software day and day on both the PS4 or 5 and on PC platforms on or before. November 12, 2023, Jabroni Chief will have to buy a stake and all the fixings for show enough. Yo. At the Sizzla. At the Sizzla. Okay. Now, if Sony <laughs> does not release any first party software day and date on both the PlayStation 4 and 5 and on PC platforms on or before November 12, 2023, show enough will have to buy a stake and all the fixings for Jabroni Chief at mm-hmm. Ruth Chris. So. Wow. No, yep. I'm just kidding about the Sizzla. Oh, I was like, Chris damn, y'all went. The Ruth Chris and the Sizzler and all that. Oh, well, a little brother Nemo Six can yeah. hand me down steak out of it. A Sizzler <laughs> right. Happy Meal. I'll, I'll take a little. I'll take one of those little, like super small palm sized steaks. That's fine. <laughs> you know, little two ounce steaks. I'll take it. Uh, <laughs> well, I'll take it to popcorn shrimp. That's all. That's all good. Anyway, anyway, you know, so, go, go, go to Sizzler, get a steak the size of your thumb, and then go right? all the cheese toast you ever want to eat. Yeah. So. Cheese get the toast. cheese bread. Get the cheese bread. Yeah. Okay. This yeah. is not a this is not a, a food podcast. This, this is a video this game is not, podcast. So so yeah. So we have we have two we have two uh, bets that are be coming to a fruition uh, this year, everybody. So stay tuned. You know, will Joe will Joe have to pay up twice or will or will joe get to dine like a king twice you know we'll, <laughs> we'll see we'll see and of course you know we will report back on it and give you all uh all the pictures you could ever want so just have fun with that it's on the discord so yeah yeah we'll put it on so. the discord so. 
So uh, aside from Monster Hunter, the only other thing that I played was uh, Nintendo's. Uh, sorry, Nintendo. Uh, PlayStation is was having a sale. They're always having a sale, and I found this nice little game called uh, Batura, uh, Lost Haven, and you. It's a top-down asymmetrical like action RPG sorta, but it's by uh, it's by uh, Level Seventeen, and it. Um, it's uh, or deck seventeen. I think it's deck seventeen. But uh, it's, it's, uh, it's team seventeen. Team seventeen. Well, I knew it was one of them. But uh, but it's a nice little game. You know, you play as a this like the earth was destroyed, and you play as a heroine who has to you know use the 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 power of 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 this red entity. I think it's earth, and one is like the sky, and you have to you know protect these different planets. So you get. Sw- transfer to different planets and you have to basically like help the planet you know fight off these these monsters that are trying to eat the planet from the inside out or something like that it's got really good uh really good artwork um that sort of cell shaded uh artwork but the 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 thing that draws it draws it in or, or the or the gimmick is you have a red form and you have a blue form and in the red form you have a sword and you can do sword combos, and in the blue form, you are um, you have uh, ranged attacks, and you can power up each form in different ways. And in order to stop you from having to, you know, use only one form, you have to mix it up. You you have to change it up because some enemies, um, some enemies are are a lot weaker to one form than the other, and you can also block and absorb. I think it's block and absorb of enemies of the of the same sort of type so so it's got a little it's got some pretty cool stuff and i'm still early early times in in the in the game you have a plucky heroine you know who's really like into into what's going on she wants to save the universe and and help everyone out you meet all these other different aliens and stuff so it's been pretty fun you know so far it was like i want to say 10 bucks 9.99 so um but it's been um it's been fun uh i've been looking for different kind of top-down asymmetrical rpgs for a while i think it's one of my favorite if not my favorite genre um of of um of video games right now aside from just pure open world uh open world games you know that have a slight you know rpg element um so uh but yeah it's been it's been fun uh playing that and there's a new sale going on right now on on a playstation they just started a new one and there's some a couple of games on there that i'm probably going to uh to download and play that are on sale for like you know 10 bucks here um i'm thinking about getting shadow run trilogy it's like 10 bucks there's a new there's a new one coming out called go song um it's on sale 20 percent off but it's like a it's an indie game, uh, and it's a side-scrolling sort of Metroid-type game. You just play a robot on a planet, and you're trying to find your way off. So it looks pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I'm interested in that one, actually, because yeah. it's getting a physical, but I'm not sure if paying $30 for physical versus, like, I think it's fifteen ninety-nine on the store, I think. so. Yeah, yeah, it's 20% off the $19.99, you know. Are you interested then, in uh, Pathfinder at all? Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous? So I was thinking about it, but the, the, the weird thing about Pathfinder is 
is you can get really lost in the weeds in that game and games like that because they take that classic uh, turn-based turn-based CRPG stuff a little crazy. So you can like spend a lot of time in those games. And I just don't think my time is 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 okay. You know, like like my I have a lot I have a lot of other things to do <laughs> than just play a CRPG. You know, and I think it's just a little like for old I don't want to say for older people, but but for people who who really grew up with CRPGs and games like that, I think it's fantastic. But for me, I think I needed something a little bit more, um, a little bit more. Um, so yeah, because I played uh path the uh. Kingmaker, Pathfinder Kingmaker, and I would get like into it, and then it would just, I would just fall off because I would get bored, you know. It's 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 different, you know. And I've played like RPGs, like pen and paper, with folks, and it's just different. It's just a different feeling. So, and then there's a Tiny Metal. I have it. I have the physical uh, for for um uh, for Switch, but I never opened it. because it's one of those, it was from like limited run. It, it took forever to get here. And I was just like, Ugh. and so it's on sale for like $4. So I was like, okay, I'll get it on here. And then my last one, my last one that I'm going to get. And the only reason why I'm getting this is because I really like the game and it's all it's DLC and everything for like $11. And that's uh generation zero. I'm buying it. Um, oh, wow. And the, and the reason why is because it's finally on my it's finally cheap on my preferred uh console. So so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna download it, you know. I'm gonna buy it, I'm gonna download it, I'm gonna play it for a little while and uh you know and then go from there. Um because to be to be quite frank, I actually liked the game. You know, I like just running around and shooting robotic things and just getting it's just it's just a mindless fun game we got pretty far on it but um but i really wanted to just you know play it and start over and just run around and of course you know i'm a sucker for for free dlcs and and uh vanity stuff even though you can't really see your character it's a third it's a first person shooter so it's like but but they have free vanity stuff, so you can change what your character looks like. So I was like, okay, so, so, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get that, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it. So, and then the, and then the, of course the Shadowwind trilogy is finally on sale. So I'm gonna pick that one up because I really wanted to play those games. And again, they're they are they're classic games, you know, in the style of um. And and those classic like Boulder's Gate style original Boulder's Gate. But, but I've always been a Shadowrun fan, so I'm gonna I'm gonna check it out and see how they play. So, but that's what's coming on the horizon, you know. After I after I uh, put down um, Monster Hunter, which is hopefully gonna be sometime this week, um, because I'm gonna be be playing it a lot more uh, this week, uh, just to kind of get up to where uh, Joe, Kevin, John, BTR. That way we can all kind of play together. So. But that's pretty much all that I've been playing. I, I, again, I, it's been a slow week because I was gone and all that stuff. But I really want to get back into playing more games. So, um, and Kev, what have you been playing, buddy? So my list is really short. I only played Monster Hunter 
uh, that game night. And that's really it. Um, I've been spending the rest of my time just kind of working on my little side projects here at the house. Uh, the only other thing that I did other than that is, uh, well, uh, the homie Damon came by uh, yesterday and I watched the Batman, the new one uh, or the new newest one, I think. Uh, where what do you think about that one? I liked it. I think of the of the latest uh, iterations of Batman. Now again, I didn't read the comics, so I'm just going based off the movies mm-hmm. that I've seen. I like this version of Batman the best. I think because it focuses more on him, also on his detective skills, yes, more so than anything else. And I basically the other Batman movies that I've seen. He's like he's like a superhero without the superpowers. And and that's fine. But I like the fact that he had to use his detective skills to figure things out in in this one. And I also like I like also like the Batmobile in this in this movie better than any of the other movie Batmobiles that I've seen. It's got like a, it looks like a 71 uh, Plymouth Cuda just highly 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 modified. So it's kind of got like that, um, almost like a Mad Max-esque look to it. And I think it's pretty dope. So, uh, yeah, I like that movie. And the only other thing that I did was um, I watched an anime. It's almost like an isekai, but it's not. It's um, it's called Chillin' in My 30s After Being Fired from the demon lord's army that's that's actually the actual name of it and it's 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 borderline hilarious um and it's something that i that you don't really find in a lot of in a, in a lot of a lot of isekais are humorous but some of the stuff that goes on in, in this one is almost hilarious and i think part of it is because usually with isekais, you're dealing with like a teenage uh, protagonist. This time, the protagonist is in his 30s, so he's a fully functioning adult. And it's not really an isekai because he's living in all, – all that's really happened to him is he lost his job. And getting fired from the Demon Lord's army is like you know losing, losing – uh, an office job so he's basically unemployed <laughs> so he's wandering the wandering in this in this forest as an unemployed uh soldier who was more like a um like an a almost like an executive assistant to the demon lord's generals because he was making sure deliveries ran on time he, so he was like the logistics expert and he, he loses his job, but he was really good at it. And like the demon lord's army is like literally falling apart without him there because everybody misses his um, miss misses his effectiveness at his job. So in a way, it's kind of like uh, maybe like the anime version of The Office, <laughs> I guess. Uh-huh. With a uh, uh, with a um, high fantasy backdrop, but it's real. It's really good. I it, it's it's um, it's on Crunchyroll, and it, it, I think it's worth it's worth checking out. But really, that's all I've been doing because um, I I really haven't been spent too much time playing games. I've been working on my little side hustles. But uh, Kev, 
with mm-hmm. the shades. So that that car in the Batman was a second gen uh, Dodge Charger, and it yeah, uh, it, it looked Dodge. It, yeah. I, I figured it looked it looked Dodge yeah. something. It had it that. Was, uh, yeah. Supposedly, it, they didn't tell exactly what year the model was, but it's it's somewhere between 1968 and uh, 1970. Um, and I guess the 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 one for the movie had uh three v8s um and they each had a horsepower about 650 so yeah yeah. i I could tell it looked it looked like a cuda uh yeah he wanted yeah i guess they wanted it to be like a a not a sleek you know toy you know Mm. but an actual like car that you would see in the time frame and that it would actually look like aggressive so Mm. yeah supposedly according to the, the 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 model went from zero to 16 in 6.1 seconds i guess i don't know so well that's that's actually it, very slow by today's yeah by today's uh standards yeah like a like a hellcat will do 60 and under three so yeah. it's, it's so <laughs> so i guess i guess matt reeves the director was trying to keep it a little bit more real world but but mm. really like souped up the the what it looked like so yeah yeah i could definitely tell from that and and that's probably why it's my favorite batmobile that i've seen on on just about anything it's Uh, more realistic you know like you can actually see someone making this car you know yeah 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 so but yeah thoroughly enjoyed that movie but that's really it for my playlist so with that said we're going to transition to our next topic on our docket that being the vessel line. So, all right, Diz, you got the mic, bro. All righty. So, uh, so for this episode, we have our fantastic vessel line, where we have you, the viewer, uh, you, the listener. Sorry, um, um, give us some information or ask us some questions or actually respond to some previous questions uh, that you might have missed out on. So. So our first one is is responses to the uh, with the various uh, movies or, or video game movies that are coming out. So uh, one of the responses was uh, so the question was uh, with the animated Mario movie around the corner, what are your favorite movies based on games? The '90s had some fun choices like the original Mario movie, Mortal Kombat, Street Fighter. So uh, Will D says, I can't speak to the new Sonic movies or recent Pokemon movies, but I actually enjoyed Mortal Kombat 2021. Yeah, I have to agree. It was it, it was an OK movie. You know, it, it 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 serviced the plot and got things moving. I enjoyed it. I also didn't mind watching the various Resident Evil movies, but my expectations are always low for those movies. I agree. To which John B.T., you know, uh, cheekily, you know, says, Yui Bowl is my hero. And I, I hope he was joking, but he probably knowing him, he probably wasn't. <laughs> uh, because Yui Bull made all those Resident Evil movies, you know, and uh, yeah. And so the we'll wonderful D, House of the Dead movie. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, Will D also uh, chimes in. Uh, he was listening to the last podcast regarding Forspoken. And uh, he says, doesn't some of some of this meaning the hype around it or the or the angst and anger around it just boil down to the game being average in the same way that hi-fi rush seems to be an average game moreover there will always be people inserting their own agenda into the game especially with social media and people trying to secure an audience sometimes the game's creator uh seeks 
seeks a uh, conversation with its players and reviewers, but more often than not, the keyboard warriors blanket the actual game with nonsense. Certainly journalism is all but dead in video game world, a reflection of bigger issues with journalism in modern click-driven world. To which jo- uh, Jabroni Chief, our, our man Joe, uh, comes in and says, I'll let you read this part, Joe, if you want. That way you can elaborate on it. Joe? Oh, Joe must have stepped down for a minute. Okay, so I'll read it. So, uh, last night I went to Target to, to try and find a clearance game for Dez, Star Ocean, and was getting help trying to locate a copy. The clerk wasn't able to find it, but happened to point out a copy of Forspoken, stating, now that's a game that needs to be on clearance. I heard that game was trash. I was thinking to myself, have you actually played it? Well, you know... Yeah. Yeah. So, so sorry, so, I was, uh, what was your double muted. That? So, but uh, no problem. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just thought the attitude from him was just like, eh, you know, I could take it because he hadn't played the game. He just heard it was trash, and it's just because of the fact that, uh, you know, if you kind of step in and take a look and see what people are saying, and you have no idea, it's in part of this unfortunate console warrior war <laughs> that. You're going to actually take it as uh, actual opinion versus just just a bunch of hooey-pooey, basically, so on there. And uh, I just feel bad that certain games, you know, kind of get the uh, the lash. Even, I hate to say it, even though the game is not that great, Babylon's Fall kind of suffered from this. Everyone kind of steamrolled on that, you know, and talked about the Steam statistics and whatnot and uh, really piled on to the game unnecessarily in my opinion so Hmm. yeah i mean i i I have to agree i think a lot of times people put up too much weight a lot of weight on on what's said in twitter um and what you know reviewers say quote-unquote reviewers say and i say quote-unquote because sometimes you know reviewers you know, don't know what they're talking about. Let's just be completely honest. That's why it's always better for you to make your own opinion, you know, before, um, before, you know, buying a game or hearing anything about a game, because like, I, there have been tons of games that I have heard that were complete and utter garbage, you know, trash, 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 trash that I've played. And I've been, you know, pleasantly surprised at how, how actually good they were. I'm sure we all have that experience, but because you know everyone has a voice now um, in the digital world, um, people start believing that stuff, and and it's not it's just not true a lot of the times, you know. Um, because again, that's that one person's opinion. What's your opinion? You know, trust your own opinion. Um, and so John BT responds. Uh, on our discord yeah i was just looking at god of war ragnarok on metacritic and on the public's score it has uh like six thousand positive reviews nine to ten and one thousand at one to two i'm sure all those are the review bombs uh the issue with forspoken is it should be around six to eight it seems but just because it wasn't a 10 you don't have a lot of people rushing out to defend it against the onslaught of ones from the trolls who never tried it. So and that's another thing that that that's a very interesting concept is is this aggregate of of reviews. Because, you know, 
it's this thing about like, like, oh, if a lot of people like it, it must be good. Or if a lot of people hate it, it must be bad. And and because everyone has a voice now and and everyone who could be uh, everyone now, you know, can be a a, a reviewer. I mean, technically, we're kind of reviewers because we give our review on the games that we're playing. But, you know, but even then, it's just like we're just telling what our playlist is. And if our playlist kind of shows up a lot in a in in uh, like for a long time on our playlist our listeners can say oh hey they keep playing that game that must be good and then they'll they'll try it so even that is, is sort of a a, a a not a backhanded but 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 a, a different way of giving a review and because everyone is very influenced by by their surroundings and and by what they listen to um uh, it's kind of hard to um uh, filter out the noise that comes in with reviews, especially when you have people that 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 have states said themselves that they will review bomb uh, things that do not fit into their 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 view of 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 what a game should be or what the industry should be or and that's for everything and that's the problem is why reviews nowadays are so um, polarizing is because you never know who's doing it for real and who's just doing it for clicks or just trying to, you know, hurt something without even giving it a chance, you know, because someone said it did, did this or someone said it did that. So that's what really discredits like the review process, especially when it comes to aggregate reviews, because what's saying that these 6,000 positive reviews are, are from, you know, quote unquote, you know, real reviewers, you know, but now because they aggregate that shit and put it on there, you know, they are, they are, or, or that, that gives it some credibility or something. So it's yeah. just a very weird, it's just a very weird time that we live in around how our likes and dislikes are shaped by the masses. And that's just a very weird thing to me. So, but you're going to say something, Joe? Yeah, I just got to be smart about it. I mean, even in, in years past, I mean, you talk about the uh, era of game magazines, you know. Um, you know that certain writers, for whatever reason, didn't care for a particular genre or, you know, title, if need be. Or uh, on the opposite side, maybe have been a little bit too over-enthusiastic for it as well on here. And uh, once you got to know, like, if you really paid attention of the authors of said reviews, you have an idea as far as... Uh, uh, this uh, reviewer likes these type of games and doesn't like these type of games, so on and so forth. And the same thing with, you know, even with online reviews, you know, with certain websites that they have certain leanings and whatnot, you know, and you could kind of understand after getting coverage from a particular reviewer after a certain while, like, you know, Kerrig from uh, ACG, you know, from uh, basically the uh, YouTube channel, you know, on there. Um, you know, I kind of understand where he's coming from. I've watched his reviews multiple times, and so Same I know here. what he yeah. values and uh, what he looks for in the game, and what it might be a detriment to him. And so, you know, I I know if he's reviewing it well, I know he probably likes it for certain aspects. Same thing if he doesn't like it, and he's going to knock it down for. Uh, certain issues you know same thing on there you know i know that certain reviewers you know 
Kevin kind of refers to them as the game chair mafia. You know, I know that they're going to skew towards whoever their sponsors are and, and to be able to talk grandly about <laughs> said product on there. And I see this not only for, you know, people advocating for Xbox. I see people advocating for other companies like Namco and like, you know, um, you know, Sega, whoever else, you know, that, you know, they're streamers, they get the code, they're happy, they want to talk about the game because they like the game and whatnot, but a lot of times they like it because they're getting the product for free versus paying for it out of their own pocket, too. So, you know, kind of have to be kind of wary about, you know, streamers and other people that don't work at, um, quote-unquote, professional places like IGN. Even though IGN, it's like, you know, we even we even talked about in years past, like the God Hand review that got like a four out of ten where, you know, in the eyes of that reviewer, that game was trash. In the eyes of people that actually played the game, it, it was freaking fantastic. So it just, it just depends. You got to play it. I know. Even Steam reviews. Sometimes I get some sort of value out of them, especially if it's a smaller game. But at the same time, I see some of the reviews that are on Steam. There's disclaimer saying that the reviewer got the product for free. So, and, and I, I'm grateful that Valve actually spells that out because I kind of don't put a full weight on a review if I see it's been provided to the reviewer for free. So, yeah. Uh, Kevin, do you have anything to add to this conversation? Uh, really, the only thing with regards to Forspoken is that Forspoken wasn't, didn't, wasn't didn't suffer from the creators inserting an agenda into it it was other people create folk creating an agenda around it and then calling out other people against that agenda and forespoken kind of fell fell victim to that you know it was like david jaffe whether you love him or hate him is a He's like throwing kerosene on a on an open blaze. You know, he's one of those social media type folks. So whenever he says something, it's either going to get his fans riled up in support or the people that can't stand him riled up against it. And Forspoken fell victim to the people that don't like David Jaffe. I... And maybe I'm giving his platform maybe more credit than it deserves. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't really watch the show, but I would, I think he's, he's got a fairly large following, but it just turned into an avalanche of the anti-woke against the quote unquote woke. And both of those sides of, of that coin are, are dumb as shit in many aspects. So that, and you know, the, the thing that they, that kept, they kept going, Oh, the, the dialogue is so terrible. Resident evil four just came out. Okay. And the dialogue in resident evil four is absolutely ridiculous. I'm, 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 and I've never heard anybody complain about Resident Evil 4's dialogue, ever. And people say, oh, well, Resident Evil is supposed to be like this campy. Really? 
I don't I, I I don't get the sense of camp. I mean, maybe you could make that excuse from the first one with the live action video merged into the into the game. But Resident Evil has always had this, you know, quote unquote, serious overtone. You've got this greedy corporation that's trying to destroy the world. But the dialogue in four is just at the things that Leon Kennedy says, <laughs> the way he delivers his lines. And I've seen some of the, I, I bought the game. I bought the re the, the re the remake of the game. I haven't played it yet, but I've seen some of the, uh, some of the, the gameplay on YouTube, just, just kind of watching it. Some of the things that come out of this man's mouth, the way he delivers his lines is, is beyond cringe. And yet I haven't heard anybody complain about it. You know, uh, I think what it boils, what, what, it, what every, what it all boils down to is that people are in their feelings over these plastic boxes. They are people, people have for whatever reason, uh, internalized their Xbox series console or their PlayStation five or their Nintendo switch or, Nintendo DS and have merged it and made it an aspect of how they view their self-worth. So if you say something bad about my PlayStation or about my Xbox or about my Switch, you have insulted me. And that's what's causing the fervor. I don't understand that line of thinking because don't none of these companies give a damn about you. Nope. You lose your job. Uh, Phil Spencer ain't paying your bills. Jim Ryan ain't paying your bills. Uh, Bowser ain't paying your bills. So the why we have it, it, I, I, I used to think it was I likened it to serious sports fans like, man, I love I love Green Bay or I love Dallas Cowboys or I love, you know, New York. Yankees or whatever. I used to think it was that, but I think the 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 fan the console fanboyism kind of goes a little bit beyond that, uh, at least in the online space. Um, it it more reminds me of the car culture from the early, late seventies, early eighties, because I can remember my dad taking me to a car show, and. I watched two grown ass men. Uh, I think it was uh, one guy saying that you know his 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 I can't remember if it was his his daughter or his son marries married someone and they bought a Ford and he he was like a diehard GM dude and he's having this whole ass conversation as a grown ass man talk about how he hasn't talked to his kid since. Wow. He bought a Ford and I'm, and even as a little kid, I couldn't have been more than six or seven. I'm thinking this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and I, that's what it, it like. And now, I mean, you can maybe say that the mindset of folks back then was a little bit different since, I don't know, maybe this guy worked at the GM plant for, he was an older dude, you know, I, I don't even, I had to, if I had to guess if I'm remembering his I'm trying I can almost picture his face. 
he looked like he was in his 60s at the time, late 50s, early 60s. So maybe this dude worked at a GM plant and he feels if you're going to, you know, you're going against what put food in your stomach and clothes on your back and paid for you to go to college or whatever, you know, how dare you go with 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 with, you know, with with the opposing viewpoint. But in my mind, I thought that was it was stupid. But I kind of liken the uh, this again to the console, the console folks, is that none of these people are paying your freaking bills. You know, the president and, and, and you can say the same for that old last man uh, at the car show all those decades ago. You know, if he lost his job, the CEO of General Motors ain't cutting him a check, <laughs> you know, and he worked for the company. You know, at least you could make a better case for that type of fanaticism when the company that you're you're capping for is actually putting food on your table because you work there. These people in the console space are capping and shilling and uh, buck dancing for companies that don't do shit for you. They take your money. Now they're taking your money in exchange for goods and services and products, but you don't even work for them. I don't understand it. I I don't get it. And, um, you know, it, it is a, it is a type of, uh, some, some, psychology students, you know, doing a, a a thesis really should study modern day console fanboyism, because I think it would be a very interesting case study. Mm, there you go. And you can use, we, we will definitely, you know, volunteer. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so thank you all for, uh, for coming, for, um, for uh asking us questions responding to stuff on our discord we we really uh truly appreciate it we would love to do more uh with folks so just feel free to um always come in always respond we will we will definitely if we miss it we'll definitely mention it or say something on our discord sorry on our show so thank you so much so for the main event question for episode 203, remember we're doing uh, every other week for the main event questions to give you all time to, you know, uh, percolate in your brains about this stuff. So uh, so uh, it is, let's see, it is, uh, what's the most challenging thing about gaming? Finding the time to play, too many games, etc. Let us know, and we'll think we'll talk about it on talk about it in episode two hundred three. So please let us know, and we will uh, definitely um, talk about it. So, and as always, you know what follows uh, follows Desmond. That is the Jabroni Gaming News. All right, thank you, Des. Uh, of first. course. First thing on the docket, this is something that Will D put in the Discord that I figure we should talk about. We've been kind of keeping an eye on all the hubbub with the merger of uh, Microsoft, Xbox, and uh, Activision Blizzard on there. And so uh, things, you know, 
have kind of taken a turn for the ridiculous, and I'm talking about both sides of the fence. You know, we talked about Sony saying, well, uh, like Activision, they're going to put like some bugs in Call of Duty, like in the later levels. They're going to do it on the sly <laughs> and do this, do that, and just all the back and forth and the media messages that have been going back and forth. A lot of the stuff said about Sony is all he said, she said, he said, she said, kind wow. of stuff. By the seashore. From, by the seashore, that's right. <laughs> from like the uh, female executive at uh, Activision Blizzard and so on and so forth. But uh, things are getting kind of testy. Uh, there was a uh, a letter signed by 10 you know, U.S. senators, House member representatives, complaining the fact that um, Sony is creating a hostile environment in Japan for uh, Xbox on here. And so this this is from the letter that was written and signed by a, a few um, members of both the uh, Republicans in the House and also in the Senate. Uh, today, we write to bring your attention the imbalanced Japanese video game market where we are concerned may be a result of a discriminatory practice uh, that could violate the spirit of the U.S.-Japan Digital Trade Agreement. The letter alleges that Sony PlayStation has 98% of the quote-unquote high-end console market in Japan and that it signs deals that designate to keep hit Japanese games from Microsoft's Xbox and say such moves may quote-unquote, may violate Japan's antitrust laws on here. And they also state in the letter, the Japanese government's effective policy of non-prosecution when it comes to Sony appears to be a serious barrier to U.S. Uh, exports with real impacts to Microsoft and the many U.S. game developers and publishers that sell globally but see their earnings in Japan depressed by these practices. So, uh, yeah, and signed uh, basically by um, people from and senators from Washington state. Six of the ten representatives that signed the letters are from the state of Washington for some strange reason that they care about the imbalance of um, the uh, Japanese uh, video game market and how, um, you know, Xbox is being manhandled from you know obviously bringing their games to the uh, japanese populace <laughs> on there so so and you know it's been kind of used as a uh, talking point uh from the microsoft ceo showing up on cnbc talking about this business and so on and so forth so uh i think it's ridiculous that uh, these senators are even signing a letter <laughs> I don't think anything uh, in the in this world would help Xbox basically become the uh, gatekeeper uh, or have anything more than two percent of the market share in Japan. So <laughs> I don't know I how it. you you gentlemen feel about it, but I've been to Japan. It's like <laughs> uh, Xbox is kind of gave up uh, between the 360. The 360 made some headroom into the Japanese market a bit. They actually were, you know, paying for development of stuff like Tales of Vesperia, you know, Blue Dragon, Lost Odyssey, and all of a sudden they gave up. And 
even much so that the Xbox One and some games didn't actually get ported to Japan. It was never released. So, so if you're gonna sit there and point the finger at another corporation saying that you know they're creating a hostile environment by signing exclusivity deals for certain games, not only for Japan but for the remainder of the world. I mean, even if Final Fantasy 16 became Xbox exclusive and flipped it on the other side of the fence, you think that, you know, you're going to see lines and lines of people. Nintendo's eating everyone's lunch. That's why that letter said high-end console market in there. So I just just want this merger to get done. I don't give a flying patoot about Activision and Blizzard. Um, Microsoft can have them, and I will enjoy their products on Games Pass Ultimate all day long on here. I know I could see why Sony is doing what they're doing to prevent the merger from happening, but some of the tactics, at least in the media, um, they need to stay like you know behind closed doors and not open for everyone to sit sit here and make these as uh talking points on here you know i don't have to hear from colt eastwood about the merger because you know (laughs) i don't need to hear from you know kratos on like twitter or anything like that you know so you know i'm just tired of this whole story i just wish it would go away i don't know how you gentlemen feel that's why i haven't brought too much of this stuff but i think this is kind of a escalation of all this BS that's been going on and uh, fanboy wars and that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. It is. It's just it's just kind of BS. People just need to just chill. Stop it. <laughs> so now we got the senators playing fanboy wars. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Satya made some uh, uh, some campaign do- donations to these cats. Here's the thing. It. None of these people even know how the gaming industry runs. You can, I, 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 I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. And I can't. I've lost track. I have literally, literally lost track of how many Japanese companies have said Capcom is the one that comes to mind first and foremost. If it wasn't for Sony or PlayStation donating money, there would not be. We would be looking at Street Fighter V maybe right about now. We definitely wouldn't be looking at Street Fighter VI. Without PlayStation, there would not be Street Fighter from from five forward because Capcom was in dire dire straits. Okay, now could xbox have approached capcom and said hey let's put some money into this project bring it to our platform make it make it first and foremost here they could have how did sony how you mean to tell me that uh phil didn't know about capcom's financial issues you're going to tell me that phil didn't know that a street fighter 5 was facing cancellation because they were literally running out of money you're going to tell me phil didn't know about this of course not there is a a number of different japanese companies uh that were facing problems and running out of money and who came to bail them out it was either nintendo or, or playstation microsoft was nowhere to be heard from 
you know, I'm just, this is just, this is just, uh, this is just silly season. You know, we got, we got an economy that's running freaking crazy. And these dudes are playing console wars, writing letters about, for writing letters on behalf of Microsoft. It's like, why don't you bring down the the cost of a dozen eggs for me first? Why don't you bring down the cost of a gallon of gas for me first? Then y'all can worry about which plastic silicone chip filled box you want to cape for using your senatorial powers. Miss me with all this nonsense. Miss me with it. I mean, it's just, ugh. you know, and let's not let us not forget that Marvel approached Microsoft first to do a Spider-Man game. Spider-Man could have been under Microsoft's Xbox umbrella. They said, no, we want to work on our own product. Then they went to Sony and said, yeah, we, we in fact, we got a studio we think would be really good and really good in development for. And the rest is history. So these people acting as if Xbox has been frozen out, kept out, pushed out of the industry at like like they're the the uh, uh, Studebakers fighting against the big three. Give me a freaking break. Xbox didn't want to do the work to get these things developed. And so now, because they make all their money in enterprise uh, applications and Windows and server farms and all that, they've got a tr they've got billions of dollars. So they're trying to buy their way into some degree of success in gaming. And I guess that's that's all well and good and fine, but at the end of, at the end of the day, Xbox is just. It's like Steve Jobs said, they have no creativity. And, you know, yeah, it's like, it's like you know, it is what it is, man. I've got, I've got a Series X sitting behind my TV right now. And the only thing I have used it for since I purchased it really is to play Sonic Frontiers. Is the tech good? Yes, the tech is good. Is it? I don't think the tech is as good as what the what's in the PS5. But the tech is good. It's a solid console. But there, it, when I turn that damn thing on, I just see nothing that I want to play or stuff that I've already played. And I don't think my tastes are that far freaking out of the out of the mainstream. You know, I bought I I bought oh, I bought Wo Long on PlayStation. Could have played it on 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 Game Pass. But I'd rather play it on PlayStation because I think the PlayStation's got the better controller. You know, it. I, 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 I this, this, all this, this stuff is just, it's, it's just silly season nonsense. Now that senators are getting involved and they're writing their little letters and, you know, complaining about unfair practices. You know, the, the free trade. And it's like. No, Satya was on uh, CNBC, like I mentioned, and was talking about the same bullet points that were brought up in the letter, too. So, you know. Yeah. <sighs> well, he's I mean, he's doing his job. I'm not blaming. I mean, Satya yeah. is trying to is trying to do his job. I'm not I'm not criticizing him. What I'm criticizing is the senators doing this doing this nonsense. 
And I think they just, yeah, yeah, I think they got paid. Someone made, somebody made some custom, some campaign contributions and they said, okay, hey, let's go ahead and write this letter. But again, I go back. Can y'all do something about the price of gas? Can y'all do something about the price of eggs? Can y'all do something uh, uh, about these border concerns? Can y'all do something uh, about the fact that we've got schools that are unsafe and we got folks shooting through damn uh, 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 buildings, uh, the doors of the, of the school to get in to kill our kids? Can y'all work on shit like that? Maybe, perhaps, before you you take time out of your day to uh, uh, write write a rah rah letter for a tri- for a company that's got a trillion dollar market cap. Nah, I'm cool. I'm good on that. I'm I'm a hundred percent good on that. Good deal. And we'll hopefully we'll talk more about this story that it will ha- result in the conclusion of this merger and we could be done with it. So on there um i don't i don't think the world's gonna end if uh microsoft owns call of duty at least not for us three so i don't think for any of you listening out there either so all right next thing we'll talk about is uh, e3 e3 has uh, finally officially been canceled so um Aww. Yeah, ESAS and show organizer Reed Pop have issued a statement saying the planned June event will no longer go ahead. This was a difficult decision because of all the effort we and our partners made towards making this event happen. We had to do what's right for the industry and what's right for E3. We appreciate and understand that interested companies wouldn't have playable demos ready and that resourcing challenges made being at E3 this, this summer an obstacle they could not overcome on here. So the, for those who did commit to E3 2023, we're sorry, but we can't pound the showcase you deserve and that you come to expect from Reed Pop's event experiences. So they will continue to work together on future E3 events on there. So a lot of people were kind of like uh, talking about what E3 had meant to them in the past and so on and so forth. Um you know, I, I almost, in a way, think that uh, Jeff Keighley got his revenge one way or another because, um, you know, this past E3 um, that got canceled, he wasn't contracted out to do any of the, like, you know, moderating or anything like that because years previous he was, you know, front line and center, you know, having Reggie on, having other, you know, big heads of, console manufacturers on and interviewing as part of the E3 festivities. And he started Summer Games Fest and Summer Games Fest issued a press release saying that they're still around and we're not canceled. Of course they and did. Of course they did. Yes. Cause Jeff Keighley wanted to make a point on there. You know, he's just basically sitting there pissing on the grave of E3 pretty much in the ESA for goodness, whatever, you know, I know he's all posting on, uh, you know, Twitter about his E3 memories and whatnot. So I guess he was 15 when he attended his first ever E3 in 1995. So, you know, I think uh, 1995, <laughs> my first E3 was 1996 and I was, what, uh, 26. So you do the math there. So. <laughs> well, can we, let's just be honest about it. E3 was, was, teetering on the edge of the cliff when nintendo dropped out yeah and when playstation dropped out they just plummeted that's that's let's let's be honest because 
those were those were the two out of out of the three console manufacturers those two had the content that excited most of the people and y'all can call me a fanboy all you want to y'all can call me an xbox hater all you want to think about the e3s that made the biggest impacts it was either headed up by nintendo or was headed up by playstation yeah so when those two left when nintendo left they were teetering on the cliff when playstation left it's like they got kicked in the back of the head and just went plummeting off the cliff that that's literally what has happened so you know we can we can you know i never got a chance to go to e3 and i always thought it was something that i want to do but now that I stop and think about it, do I really want to stand in a line for two hours to play a game that's not even finished? Maybe as a younger person, I think that would have been really cool to do. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. But as a 49, 50 year old dude, nah, I got better things to do with my time. I do. Uh, I can just sit at home and watch this stuff on a, on a feed on YouTube and get excited about the the trailers for the for the new games that I'm interested in playing uh coming up that year or years or, or years following I, I don't need to spend that I don't need to spend that extra money on a room on meals just to stand in a line for two and a half hours to play an unfinished game you know and again folks forget the purpose of E3 of E3 was for deals to get done on the retail side so that these games could get their their uh in cap placements and amounts you know people can place retailers could place their orders for the next for the next hottest game or the next hottest uh peripheral or the console that's getting ready to release that's what e3 used to be you know, it actually spawned from CES when all that stuff was done there at one point. But, um, yeah, so do I, is it something that I'm personally going to miss? I never went, so I can't say one way or the other. Same here. But, um, <laughs> you know, I'm more than happy to just watch the stuff that I'm interested in uh, on my TV on a stream. Um, my preferred venue, you know, if I'm not going with a bunch of friends and hanging out and doing more of a social aspect of it, and it's not a social aspect, it's it's a business show for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, now it is definitely. Yeah, it was a business show back then, but everyone, their uncle's mother, was able to get in. So, but mm. <laughs> um, I prefer uh, like a Steam Next Fest where demos are available. Uh, people get. Uh, viewpoints you know be, people are able to try games from smaller publishers that maybe have gotten lost in the shuffles if a bigger publisher wants to throw a demo up for people to play so be it you know on here i don't want the game to get delayed just because they had to get a vertical slice out for a demo for e3 or anything like that so mm-hmm. i'm sure these companies could easily uh have a event of some sort of digital fashion on there to be able to go ahead and uh uh, do their thing if need be. So, you know, I, I, I am cool with it the way it is now. Cause it's not really affecting me in any sort of way other than, 
give me an event to watch, you know, maybe a focus of, of you know, if someone wants to put on a showcase, yeah, that, that don't matter to me. I'm not like I'm going to be attending it in person. You know, to me, it's like ridiculous even to think that now that, you know, I'd be willing to drive to an E3 previous in years past where I don't even want to like go and check out a, um, you know, a $20 games, summer games fest at the IMAX over at my local theater. It's like highway robbery or something like that, you know, so. So, well, I mean, these these shows had their good place, but, you know, if you really want to attend a show like this, go attend PAX, go attend MAGFest, uh, go find the Classic Gaming Expo in your uh, neck of the woods, you know. There's people out there that are speaking. There's there's focus on stuff that above and beyond the, you know, release cycle of said you know, console manufacturers and software manufacturers out there that might be able to get a little bit different viewpoint of your hobby versus all this just constant oh this is the next newest game coming out this is the you know hot hot new new thing for fanboys to argue over quote unquote so so but you know we'll pour one out for good old e3 in the meantime we're still going to eat good with the jeff keely's got got us covered with the Shick man and whatever else he's going to bring out of the woodwork, you know, maybe the Keebler elves, Alf, whoever else, Crash Bandicoot, whatever he brings on his show. So, <laughs> Shick man, Shick man, yes. <laughs> I don't think he's done anything so ridiculous as <laughs> and good for him. He's gone mainstream, he's he kind of forego Shick man and all that wonderful hey, stuff. So. The bills had to be paid. Got it. Speaking of bills being paid, yeah, Square Enix needs to pay some bills, yeah, and Final Fantasy 16 has gone gold, so um, they have announced, yeah, it has gone gold, so the release date, um, it's going to be June 22nd, 2023, on there. Um, they have provided some new details as far as how the game will make use of the PS5 DualSense on here. Um, they stated there are certain sections where a player will have to open heavy doors or lift up... Uh, uh, items on there and the we use the adaptive triggers uh, there to put across a feeling of effort and resistance it's also used when you are writing chocobos as well so uh, the haptic feedback can produce extremely subtle vibrations what we use to create a heightened feeling of presence and cutscenes as well so i guess they're using the uh, dual sense in cutscenes so on there so and uh they also stated that you know that they would like to see a pc version of the game released eventually uh they said that final fantasy 16 is a six month limited time exclusive on the ps platform however it's a completely different story that the pc version will be released in the half of a year we, we will make it clear but the pc version will not come out in the half of a year uh, it's because we spent a lot of time and money optimizing the ps5 platform to deliver their quote-unquote best gaming experience pr plug right there uh, of course i would like to release the pc version at some point so that everyone can play as many games as possible so so however if even if we start optimizing the pc version after the ps5 version comes out we will not be able to optimize it in half of a year so it will not come out in a short span so i would like to release it eventually and i think i will but not at the stage where i could say when so you heard you heard it from the horse's mouth from the producer of the game yoshida on there so so but uh i know kev you've been looking forward to this bad boy right 
Yeah, it's it's probably my most anticipated for this year. I really don't see anything. I may have some games that are that I'm equally as excited for. Um, like Stella Blade comes to mind, but I really don't know of anything that I that's coming that I am more excited for than Final Fantasy 16. Cool. Yeah, I have it pre-ordered, but uh, you know, hopefully I'll, get, I'll play it when it comes out. I know it's more of an action game versus an RPG, but I'll be the judge of that once I see it and kind of play, play it and that kind of thing. I know that they did, yeah. they did do a good deep dive during GDC uh, on there. So, uh, not a GDC, at PAX. Sorry. PAX, yeah. Yeah, so they did a like a panel at PAX, and uh, I think it's available online to be able to watch if need be, and they did more of a deep dive on the game, yeah. so... Yeah. It's getting the God of War treatment from me, which that means that's it's the only thing I'm going to be playing until I finish it. Got it. How about you, Des? You excited for the game, or are you going to kind of take a wait-and-see approach? Yeah, it's wait-and-see. Good deal. All right. And i got some more news here. Um, uh, currently, right now, Evo 2023 Japan is... Uh, basically in session might be over already given the time difference but uh some snk news kind of came out of it so they had some key art uh for the new Garo fatal fairy game that's coming out and surprise surprise it's going to feature both terry bogart andy bogart and joe higashi guess what they're both mainstays of the series so i don't see why this is a big surprise but hey if you're mm-hmm. anticipating this game it will have all three main fatal fury characters that have been in the series since day one so i want to see what it looks like yeah like i want to see yeah i want to see if it's going to be like like a classic style that's been modernized or is it going to look like uh street fighter 6 um is it going to look like king of fighters you know there's there's a couple of different styles that they could take with this so I'm I'm super excited to see what this is going to look like. I know some people were saying that Andy kind of looks like King with his suspenders and yeah. white shirt yeah. get up. So. I kind of thought that was King at first, too. And I was like, no, that's Andy. Okay. Yeah, looking all stylized. So then SNK does also have another announcement. So they are going to be releasing a version of King of Fighters 13 global match for both the PlayStation 4 and the Switch. There's no release date for it, but um, it's open beta test is scheduled for early summer on PlayStation on there. So yeah, they this is their last like kind of big 2D art game, kind of the, the end-all be-all after 12 kind of fell flat in its face a bit mm-hmm. on here. And so it's kind of good, I guess, people that want to have access to 13 still and that 2D art style, um, you're going to have it on both the Switch and the PlayStation on there so probably with some good old rollback net code as well so it seems like snk is kind of adding all that into the mix as well i know samurai showdown uh, 2017 the newest version of samurai showdown is also getting rollback net code which is currently in beta uh, i know that's going to come out towards the summer i'm kind of curious to see if the um PlayStation version is going to be updated to include the 120 frame mode just like it is on Xbox on there. I think there was a money hat given on the Xbox version. Let's take them to the FTC and see what's up with that. Maybe have a Congress write a letter about that. So. 
There you go. Yeah. So, but you know, we'll keep an eye on all SNK news moving forward. I know that King of Fighters 15 does have some new DLC, including Kim Capowan coming in the latest DLC drop. Which to me, I don't know. Kim is should be a mainstay character in my opinion, not a DLC. He should character. be. He mm. should not be a DLC. Yeah, but he is DLC. He's the latest. That's annoying. Coming in April. So. Also, what's annoying is the latest announcement that I guess finally. Dragon Quest Infinity Strash, The Adventures of Die is finally getting a uh, worldwide release date. So I guess it's coming out uh, on both PlayStation 5, PlayStation 4, Switch, and PC. Sorry, Xbox owners. Um, via um, Square Enix this fall on here. So I guess they are pretty much done with the game. I know the director of the game is leaving Square Enix on there, but he said he pretty much has the game is done for the most part so um so i'm kind of looking forward to this one this is kind of an action rpg in the world of dragon quest with the um basically the main character from the anime and manga on there so so i'm kind of curious how they're going to roll that out but you know i always enjoy some dragon quest and especially with an action rpg bent i'm kind of looking forward to it in my you know, I'm just hoping for more, some more information to see what's up with it. So, uh, are either of you two a fan of the anime or the uh, series itself? Yep, I've watched uh, I've watched some of the anime, and I have uh, read most of the the books before it was translated. So, I'm very looking forward, very much looking forward to it. It's a really great series. <clears throat> if you listeners, if you haven't, if you really want to wait uh, to get into Dragon Quest. Um, the Adventures of Die is a really fantastic way to do it. They're not they're not connected to any of the other games or anything like that, um, any of the other games. But um, it's a really good place to start and a really good story as well. So I have, yeah, I, I watched maybe one or two episodes and I got sidetracked by the stuff and didn't never went back. So I probably need to check to go back and finish. Uh, finish this that season or seasons out on that on that uh on that anime series i need to watch it too i need to watch more anime in general so is that on hulu or do you know if it's a crunchyroll bit, bit? i saw it on crunchyroll yeah, yeah it might be on it might actually might you might want to check netflix too got it it, it would behoove me to sign up and get some streaming services but <laughs> that's neither here mm-hmm. or there i hardly ever watch tv so all right, and then to round out the news, uh, we did get, did get an announcement uh, that the Focus Entertainment and Deck 13's uh, Atlas Fallen did get a uh, release date pushback on here. This game uh, initially was supposed to come out on May 16th on here, but they have pushed it back to August the 10th. I've been kind of interested in this game. I don't know if you guys have been. We talked about it on a podcast previous on here that it had some Monster Hunter leanings a bit, but a little bit more of a maybe some dark souls-esque kind of action as well in there and some rpg elements so and it's fully playable in co-op so i think them pushing this back might be a good thing i'm not sure if it's going to benefit the game from releasing in august versus uh you know may if that's the case but uh, i'm very interested in it so any interest from you kev i know you posted a video of this game on the uh, discord so yeah, I, I like the combat. The combat looks really looks really good. 
Um, I think it's wise for them to push it back because if they're pushing it back, if they're pushing it past uh, in, in August, hopefully it's like I would say maybe even push it back to September because if this thing were to go against Final Fantasy 16, it's just going to be lost. Well, it's coming out August 10th. Final Fantasy's coming out in June, so yeah, I think there's enough window between the two. Yeah, but uh, I mean, that's better than launching it the same month in June. Yeah. But I would say, you know, I would even I would even push it maybe to early September because if 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 I got to choose between this game and 16 as all the, not taking anything away from it, it looks great. But I'm playing. I'm playing 16 first. I'm buying 16 first. You know. Yeah. Um, so I think the delay is going to do nothing but help the game. Not only give them enough time to polish it up, but to give to put it further outside of uh, Final Fantasy's launch window. Well, I'm definitely interested. I was going to pre-order it coming up uh, just to go. Play it because there's enough elements of this game where it's kind of catching my eye, and the fact that it's playable uh, seamlessly co-op is kind of a cool thing as well. I don't know if you've been interested in this game, Des, or not. Uh, not particularly. Not particularly. Okay. No, I need to see a little bit uh, more about it. Um, I, I have seen a little bit, but I really want to like dive into it a little bit more before I actually, you know, put some money onto it. Yeah, but I know. I know you've been thinking about it, though, right? Yeah, I know. ACG did a video. I watched his video on it, even though he wasn't able to put all the footage of uh, what he played per se on the actual feed, if need be. But uh, he had some feelings about it, and I know Kev posted the video in the Discord too, which you know you listeners can go and check out if need be on there to see what uh, the overall impressions. I believe your video came from uh, Eric's, I think. So. Mm-hmm. So they did a video on that as well. So I look kind of like their output and what they put out there about about things. So, but uh, we'll keep an eye on for it. So, and then last but not least for the news this episode, uh, they did announce Square Enix and Luminous Productions announced story content DLC for Forspoken. We're kind of circling back to. <laughs> Uh, the vessel line on here. So uh, da- the downloadable content Intenta We Trust will be lo- launching on May 26th on here. This uh, story content will serve as a prequel to the main game and takes about t- place 25 years prior to the events in Forspoken on here. So it kind of goes into detail about that. So so kind of interesting that it's an actual prequel to what the, um, I, you know, events of the game on here so you know i've seen enough forespoken memes on twitter and they make me sick on here um you know seeing a lot of uh you know xbox hate for the game for whatever reason so but that's neither here or there any excitement for the forespoken dlc you two i'll be checking it out i still have to finish the main game um like I said, I I bought it day one, but I I get I got sidetracked by other stuff, and uh, you know the stuff that I'm doing outside of gaming has taken up a lot of what would otherwise be my game time. So 
uh, I'll be I'll pick up I'll pick up the DLC and I will play it as well. So the game's not going anywhere. You gonna say something, Des? I said same here. Oh, okay. All right, good deal. That's news for this episode, gentlemen. All right, uh, game night. Well, thank you for delivering that uh, game that game news for us, uh, Jabroni. So game nights take place every Thursday, uh, 6.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Is it 6 or 6? It's 6.30, right? Yeah, it's 6. 6. It probably oh, should six? be 6.30, but yeah. Okay. Uh, 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time, 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we post... Uh, we join we join up in the Discord chat, and that's an opportunity for us to play with our listeners. Any game that you guys want to play, just hey, you can always uh, talk to us directly, or you can hit us up on Discord and say, hey, I've got this game I'd like to play with you guys, uh, and we will definitely get a hold of it if we don't have it already and be able to jump in and play some games. And even if we're not playing games, sometimes I'm cooking, sometimes I'm doing other stuff. Uh, and I will jump into the uh, chat, jump into the chat uh, and just, just kick, kick it with our, with people that have been enjoying our content. And that's really what our game night is all about. So you might be asking, okay, great. So how do I join up? Well, you're going to want to hit us up on our Twitter page at Gaming Vessels, G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. Go to that page there. You will see the the link to our Discord. Hit that link, and you're in. There is no uh, waiting period. There is no Discord or Patreon. Well, there is a Discord, but there is no Patreon that you got to pay for to get the privilege of uh, hanging out with us. Uh, none of us are in the uh, influential online influence business, <laughs> at least when it comes to gaming. So, uh, all I, there's none of that you need to do. You just need to be a, a good-hearted person who enjoys talking about games, and I think you'll have a great time in our community without all of the nonsense that goes on in much larger social media platforms. So again, you want to jump to t- jump to our Twitter page at Gaming Vessels G A M I N G V E S S E L S. Hit the link and you're in. Uh, big thank yous to those who participated in uh, this episode's vessel line. So thanks, big ups to Will D, John B T, and John B T, and uh, uh, some dude named Jabroni. Uh, I don't know, he might be of of questionable character. <laughs> I think he's the plot. Huh? <laughs> my, so, is that someone related to me? I don't know. So I as know. I always, as I always like to say, uh, without y'all out there participating in our in our Discord server, uh, jumping in in our game night sessions on Thursdays and and otherwise just uh, interacting with us, we'd just be three old dudes yapping into the internet ether. So big thank you to those individuals as well as our community at large for uh, making uh, making gaming a little bit more fun. So big thanks to y'all for that. So with that said, that's going to bring episode 202 to a close. So for Dez 
aka the Bay Area Terror, aka the High Res Hater, aka the Cat Daddy, aka that gamer step daddy, and for Trader Joe, aka Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise known as a food max of gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar, I'm Shonuff71, aka Digadula Mike. Ripa bling bling, y'all. We'll be back. And not love. And not love. And not <laughs> we'll be back next week, episode 203 for your ears. Peace.